In the past 10 years, I think the foreigners' products is much more popular in China, even with a very high price than the local products. But in recently, I think it's changed. I think first because the technologies is getting closed between the foreigner and the locals, but the local products have the advantage. So for the customers, they can buy a product with the same levels of the technology, but lower price. Welcome to China BizConnect, the podcast that explores the fast-changing landscape of business-to-business sales and marketing in China, with your hosts, Tim Lindemann and Michael Bragan. Today, Tim will be interviewing Nicole Guo, Business Development Specialist at Alibaba Cloud, the largest infrastructure-as-a-service provider in China, and according to Gartner, the third largest in the world. Tim has known Nicole since 2006, when they started up the China Business for Dimensional Insight. Nicole was one of Tim's very first hires and was instrumental in helping the company sign up their first customers and distributors in China. After working for Dimensional Insight, Nicole shifted to working for large Chinese tech firms, including ZTE, where she spent many years, and now Alibaba. Nicole is incredibly talented at business development, and we respect her immensely. We're really looking forward to learning some of Nicole's secrets for selling technology to the government and large state-owned enterprises in China. Nicole, can you tell us a little bit about AliCloud and what you're responsible for in your current position. Hello, friends online. I'm Nicole from China. Just to say hi. AliCloud belongs to Alibaba Group and the technologies part of the AliCloud play a very important role. As many people know, AliCloud is a top race in the world and is number one in China. Generally speaking, I'm responsible for sales and business development. And the main customers for me is the Chinese government. So what are some of the products that you sell? Basically, all the AliCloud's products we can sell to the Chinese government. But in reality, Customers won't need everything, especially for the public cloud. You know, the government information and the data is very high security. So they will protect it very well. Actually, I would think it's very difficult to sell public cloud services to the government for that reason, because the government has very sensitive data and it's difficult for them to trust an outside vendor to put their data on their servers. Is that right? Yes, that's my mean. So we just can sell some solutions to the government customers. When you say government, what do you mean by that? Are you selling to cities or provinces or to the national government? Basically, I'm responsible for Guangdong's government, including the local government and the Guangdong province government. And we have a special 
apartment in Beijing just for the national government. Okay, so you are responsible for Guangdong, and that means that you sell to the government in Guangzhou, the capital of Guangdong. But do you also sell to the governments of different cities or towns as well? And yes, in Guangdong there are twenty-one cities, and many town, many district governments below the province government. So I also sell just like the Guangzhou, the capital cities, and the Shenzhen, and the Zhongshan, and the Zhuhai, just like these kind of cities. And and how important is the Guangdong province to Alibaba in relationship to the other provinces in China? The most important city is Hangzhou and Beijing for Alibaba. So we can say it's the first levels. But in China, you know, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen is the top four cities. So I think Guangzhou is also very important for Alibaba. Just because our quarter is located in Hangzhou, so the south of China is not as important as the east China. But in recent three years, Alibaba invested a lot of people into the south of China and want to develop it. It's also because of the Da Wan Shu of the state, the Greater Bay Area. Yeah, a, a great Bay Area. <laughs> it's it's just uh, because these reasons. So the group take uh, the south of China as a strategic district. Right. So just to summarize, you are responsible for business development in the Guangdong Province. The Guangdong Province is pretty important to Alibaba. It's a large market. It also has the Greater Bay Initiative. And you're responsible to selling to the government at different levels, which includes the provincial government based in Guangzhou, but it also includes the many different cities in the Guangdong province as well. So, can you give us a an example then of a government office in Guangdong that you've worked with? What kind of products you sell them? And how does it benefit them? Firstly, we will sell them a smart cities.、Uh, it's a very complicated solutions, and it included a lot of things, just like the hardware,、uh, many IoT equipment, and the systems platform, and many applications for governments. It's just a system. So we will sell it, and for Alibaba, it's just an internet company. So we also want to do some internet service for the government, but it's just the beginning. You know, the government's business is traditional; it's not very creative. But we want to make it close to the internet, and we think it's a data. Technology time instead of the IT time. So the internet and the internet service, we hope it can help the government to change the way to do the government service to the people. 
uh, in the past time, Chinese government, we think we will focus on the management, but now we think they want to do more service for the people. So it's beginning to change. We want to help the government to use the internet. All right. So I think that what I understand is that the Chinese government is somewhat traditional in the way that they manage their responsibilities. And a company like Alibaba, which has very strong capabilities in the internet and has some innovations, especially with smart city and internet of things, is a really good partner to help the Chinese government to offer more services to its people. Yes. Just like in the past, we do some things, you have to go to the Chinese government's office. So it's offline. You have to knock the door to provide your documents to them and to do some service. But now you just can stay at home and use your phone online. And the government officials accept your requirements and they can do a lot of applications just by the internet. It will go through different government's apartments so they can do it very quickly and give you feedback. Yeah, I think I can provide an example for our listeners to help them understand this because I remember back probably around 2010, my wife and I bought a apartment in Guangzhou. And I remember that we had to go to so many different government agencies to fill out the paperwork just to get the registration of the ownership of our apartment. And we spent probably a whole week going from office to office and none of the offices were connected and you had to take a piece of paper with a stamp on it and bring it to the other office, and they would give you a different piece of paper with a stamp on it that you'd bring to yet another office, and everywhere you'd have to wait in line. Yeah, but now you can just take one day to do it. It's okay. Yeah, that's great. That makes life a lot <laughs> better for the people, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the national government's requirements for every local government. We call one day. Yeah, and it's not just for buying a house. It could be for a lot of different things. For example, getting your identity card or getting a passport. There's a lot of little things that used to require a lot of running around. Yes. If you want to have a visa or a passport for Hong Kong, it's just a need to take, I think, a half a day. You can get it. Yeah, that's great. Can you tell me when you're selling these smart city services to governments in China, who are you usually contacting within the local government? Uh, I think uh, have uh, different people so you have to connect. Some business apartment people and some IT department people. It depends on what your product you want to sell. But generally speaking, you have to find the leaders of this apartment. So when you're doing your business development work, 
How do you identify opportunities in the Guangdong market? Where do you start? We will do it in different way. The first way is you have to know your customers very well. How to do it? You can do it through government reports. The government have their own KPI systems. They just describe it in a different way. It don't like the company's way. It's just the government's ways. But you also can find it. It's just like a KPI systems, and you will know they plan for this year or in the three years, and you can summarize the main works they want to do and the goals they want to achieve. It's very important for you to understand your customers. Governments is just a, it's a little different, but it's the same to some extent. They have their own goals, they have their plans, and they have their KPIs. They have to do many things in one year to achieve the national government's requirements. So firstly, I think you can find the government's report to understand your customer. Secondly, you can go to different customers' office. You can talk with them directly. You can do it through a friend or through some relationships. You can connect. It's okay. Or you just go to visit them in the first time without any relationship. You can talk to them. It can take sometimes more, but it works too. And certainly, I think you can find your partner. You can find some companies who is familiar with this industry and focus on the government's business, then you can make friends or make a partner with this kind of companies and you can find the opportunities together. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So the Chinese government starting in Beijing, they have big plans for the economy and for the country. And they publish these plans and you look through the plans for items that are related to the products that you're selling. So in terms of smart cities, you're looking for opportunities to provide services to improve the lives of people in urban areas of China. And then you identify these opportunities, you match them with your products And then you go in and you have conversations with people at the local government and you try to help them in these key areas that the government has identified as priorities. Is that right? Yes. So do you think that the local government pays a lot of attention to the priorities of Beijing? Yes. I think it's the first priorities for the work. Okay. So it's the top priority for the local government. Yeah, it's a top priorities For the government's management, it's different from the service for the people. The service for the people is also the top priorities for them. Just it's some priorities for the inner manager and some for the outside. Right. So let's say that you have read the reports, you have an understanding of how you can help the government achieve their goals, and now you set up a meeting for the government in Guangzhou and you meet with them, what do you talk about? 
I think you have to show you have the same language with them, <laughs> and they can understand what are you talking about. You can talk about the business, not your business. It's your customer's business, and what's your opinion or your advice. And if they are interested in what you are talking about, you can show your abilities to them to support your. How can you help them to achieve their goal? It's very important. Just let them know you can help them. Right. So you establish contact. You go in. You discuss their priorities and how you can help them, and. What steps are typically involved after that first meeting? How often do you need to meet with them before they decide that they are interested in pursuing a certain technology? I think it's not fixed. It depends on the situations you meet. Sometimes they have a requirement, but sometimes they don't have the requirement. I think they have some key facts. Just like the requirements, the financials, I think these two facts is very important for project for a deal. Firstly, they have some requirements, so you can find the opportunities to show your solutions to match the requirements. But because the government's financial is planned every year in a certain time, so if you missed this year. Even they have the requirements, the customers and you have to make this project into the next year, so you can change it. You just can follow the regulations of the governments. I don't know if I described it clear. Oh no, that's great, Nicole. And I'm just wondering if you could maybe provide a little bit of a timeline in terms of when does the Beijing government typically. Release the national plan, and then when do the provinces release the provincial plans, and when do they come up with their budgets in terms of the programs that they're going to run for the year? It's the same. The national government and the local governments they have the same plan. It's about November's. You have to make clearly. What we'll do for the next year? So in a New Year's, you have to start it in April, and from April to the September's, the most of projects will be set for the next year. Right. So what you're saying is, in terms of the financial planning, these plans come out around November every year for how the governments. Going to spend their money for the next year. How about the policy goals? When do they come out? Do they come out at the same time, or do they come out at a different time of year? Yeah, they come out from different time. But in the March, you will find the the main goal will be released for every year. The governments have the conference. So the government does some collaboration and coming up with goals. Towards the beginning of the year, and then they do their budgeting towards the end of the year. So, if you're in a technology company that's selling to the government, 
you are paying a lot of attention to the news and the goals from the government towards the beginning of the year and maybe throughout the year. And then you're working during the year to connect with the governments and provide them with solutions that they can put into their budgets for the end of the year. Yeah. So I think you can say at the beginning of the year, you have to understand what they will do in this year. And by the end of this year, they have to spend or budget. Right. No, that makes sense. Okay. So what you're saying here then is that it's different for each government that you go to. Some of them will have requirements. Others will have budgets. And you need both of them to be successful. So in your experience, how long does it typically take to build the relationship with the customer so that they're willing to put you in their budget? I think it's better to spend one or two years to establish the relationship, the trust between you. And how do you do that? Just keep in touch with them. <laughs> Just uh, to helping them. But how do you do it yourself? Do you add them on WeChat? Do you typically visit their office? Do you take them out to eat? What are good ways of keeping in touch with them over a long period of time? It's not okay to take them out to eat now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. The government changed a lot in China. It's not allowed to have a dinner or accept some gifts from the companies. So I, I think you're just uh, keeping helping them in their business to achieve their goals. Okay. So do you use WeChat? Do you call them on the phone? Do you just visit them or do you set up appointments? How do you engage with them? I think I use all of these ways. We have a WeChat. First times so we just maybe exchange the business card, changing the phone numbers. But then after several times, you can edit the WeChat with them and just keeping on some project and make both of you more familiar with each other and show your abilities to them and let them know you can really help them and they will trust you. So how do you manage your leads? Do you have a spreadsheet or do you use a CRM? Do you have some list of all of the key people in the government in your territory that you're tracking? Yes, we have a kind of CRM systems. It's different from the traditional CRM. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do with it? Uh, I just use them to record, make the dates in your systems. But most of the times, I think I won't take a lot of time on the CRM systems. So how many leads are you tracking personally? Uh, I think about uh, 50. Five zero or one five? Five zero, 50. Okay, so you're tracking about 50 different people or 50 different... Organizations. All right, so in your CRM, you got about 50 different organizations. You don't spend a lot of time 
working in the CRM, but you do track your activities there. So can you tell me then, after you have established a relationship, you have provided them with some possible solutions that are going to help them to meet their goals, and now they're interested in doing this type of a technology, do they need to do a public tender? In a government project, it has to have a public tenders. It will be holding by a specialized companies who is to organize the public tenders. And the progress is a little complicated. The company who is willing to attend this project, they can do applications on the internet of the government. And if it's qualified, it can go to the next steps. You have to provide your solutions, your price, a lot of things according to the public tender's request. And they will organize our expert teams to read your solutions to do a judge. And uh, finally, they will compare the price and they get a result. Who gets the best scores? Who can get the project? So who writes the public tender? The government. And they do that all by themselves? You don't have to help them at all? Uh, they do by themselves. Okay. And how much time does it typically take you to respond to a public tender? It will take a lot of time. And for many companies, they have the specialized people to do it. It's very strict. Okay. And let's say that you create a proposal to respond to the public tender. And let's say that they select you. At that point, do they just accept the price that you offered or do you have to negotiate over the price? Oh, no. It's just a compare between different pricings. You can't do negotiation with them. They will have rules to compare different applications, including the solution, the pricings. So they will get their best scores. They have the percentage of different parts, and they will compare it generally, and they can get their scores. Okay. So just to summarize, Alibaba and probably some of your competitors like Baidu and Tencent and others are establishing relationships with the government. They are proposing solutions that will help the government meet their goals and provide better services for their population. And then before the end of the year, they are going to create a budget for such a solution. They put out a public tender and each of the competitors will produce a proposal within which they will put a price for how much it's going to cost. And then the government chooses an expert team to evaluate all of the proposals and to choose one. There's no negotiation. They choose the product that's the best solution, perhaps with the lowest price. Yes, maybe not the lowest price. But it's a balance. They think what's yeah, the best it's a match. Balance. Okay. Yes. All right. So can you tell me 
when you compete, who are your biggest competitors and are there any foreign competitors that compete with you? I think it's in different area. Just like in the internet, I think Tencent will be a biggest competitors. But for a government's business, I think the Huawei will be more stronger. And are there any foreign firms? Do you ever compete against Microsoft? Mm, not very often because we are focused on different things. And AWS entering into the Chinese market, but it's not very often to meet them. Okay. So when you're selling to the government for the cloud services, your biggest competitors are local competitors, including Huawei, and you rarely see big international vendors competing against you. Yes. Do you have any idea why that is? I think, do you meet the early cloud days in the United States very often? <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> I know that Alibaba is starting to expand internationally, but I think that they haven't made much progress in the United States yet. Yeah, I think AWS make progress in our cloud in Chinese markets. Oh, we will meet IBM's, Oracle's, and uh, HP's in other areas, just like the hardware's. And in the storage market, you will meet some foreign companies too, EMC. So from your experience, do you think that it's easier to sell Chinese products or foreign products in the China market? Yeah, I think also for different customers. If you sell to the foreigner companies, it's easy to sell foreigner products. It's true. If you sell it to the Chinese local or small business customers, middle or small size companies, it's not very easy to sell the foreigner products. Right. And how about the government and state-owned enterprises? I think the Chinese products will be suitable for the government. And why is that? In the past 10 years, I think the foreigners' products is much more popular in China. You know, even with a very high price than the local products. But in recently, I think it's changed. I think first because the technologies is getting closed between the foreigner and the locals. But the price, the local products have laid advantage. So... For the customers, they can buy a product with the same levels of the technology, but lower price. I think it's a better choice for them. So what advice then do you have for foreign companies that are looking to sell their products directly to the Chinese government? Maybe not just for a Chinese government. I think if we can put these questions into the Chinese market, uh, we can find the way because the Chinese government, firstly, is a traditional market. Uh, secondly, they have the regulars for the purchasing products. Even for uh, Chinese companies, they also have very strict requirements. So I think it's better to, if you want me to give some advice, I think I prefer to 
make the business into the whole Chinese market. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm thinking about dimensional insight here, and we sell our products to hospitals in China, and hospitals are public, and to a large extent, I think they're very similar to state-owned enterprises. Yeah. And they also have a lot of regulations and a very formal purchasing process. And we have been successful to some extent selling to Chinese hospitals. However, it is challenging. I'll tell you that. And one of the challenges that we've come across is just that it takes a long time to sell and then the requirements for customizing and changing are high, and then it takes a long time to collect the money. Sometimes it takes years. Yes. <laughs> yes. You also need to do a lot of uh, customize inner garment customers too. So I think for some other industries, this will be much better, just like the internet industry financing industries, manufacturing industries. I think these industries will be a better choice. Okay. I appreciate your feedback on that. And I think that to a large extent, I agree with you. And your comments are very similar to the advice that I get when I'm talking to people at Gartner or Forrester Research they advise foreign companies that are going into the China market to avoid trying to sell to the government or state-owned organizations unless you are very large and you can meet with the challenge. So you're providing very similar advice as they do. Oh. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I agree completely myself, though, because I do think that there are big opportunities there if you can do it right. And so I'll keep looking. <laughs> for good. <laughs> I think the hospitals is better. Yeah. Also, maybe you can look at the healthcare industries. It's bigger than the hospital. And it's very hot in China. Well, Nicole, thank you very much for sharing your great insights with us. And I always enjoy talking with you and we would love to have you come on the show again later on and learn more about some of your selling insights that will help foreign companies to be successful in the China market. Is there a good way for our listeners to follow up with you and what you're doing and to get in touch with you? Yeah, which are our email, I think. Or they can through you to find me if they are interested Sure, absolutely. So Nicole's going to provide her WeChat ID and we'll post that on the show notes on China Biz Connect. So if you're interested in connecting with Nicole, then you're going to have to download WeChat and contact her there. Okay, well, well, thank you, Nicole. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Music for the podcast is performed by the Chinese experimental rock band Chui Wan. We would love to hear your feedback, ideas, or any questions you might have. Feel free to reach out to us in any way you feel comfortable. Connect with us on LinkedIn or follow us on Twitter. Also visit our website, ChinaBizConnect.com, where you can view show notes and sign up for our newsletter. 
Please subscribe to China Biz Connect on iTunes or your favorite place to get podcasts. If you enjoy the show, give us a positive rating. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk with you again soon.